0: 2016. It's Sonic Talk. We're back. A show that discusses all things music, technology, and musical, and kind of rambles off-road off relatively often, but it's still fun for all. So uh, thanks very much for joining us. Also want to say thank you very much to our show sponsors. Obviously, Isotope are still here and uh, we will be announcing the winner of uh, the last... Show of last year, uh, Ozone 7, and also running a competition for you to have a chance to win Ozone 7 this year. And also, I want to say thank you very much to UVI. The UVI Falcon is the creative hybrid instrument. For more info on it, go to bit.ly/slash stfalcon. Thank you very much for them sponsoring the show as well. So, I've got two guests. I would like to introduce them. I'm going to go with, uh, let, let's, do, let, we'll save the reveal of Mark, because Mark often has a hair uh, difference, and he's got a really big hair difference today. So, Rich Hilton is over there in sunny, uh, in sun- well, I don't know if it's sunny, icy, New Year, New England. How are you,
1: Rich? I'm good, and it's true, you and I are far less likely to have drastic hairstyle changes than Mark gets. <laughs>
0: i'm getting a bit long my hair's getting a little bit long here actually but you can't really see it in this uh, low resolution sort of format but i will uh, i don't know there's always the chance of a wig you never know it could be kind of fun of course rich hilton is a keyboard player for chic and Noel Rogers, studio guy uh, have you had a good break over the christmas festive period and
1: not too many gigs very good break yeah it was nice actually was home through the whole thing and uh Son was home from college. We got to spend a bunch of time. That was good. The other son's doing great. We spent a bunch of time. It's, you know, it was nice.
0: Excellent family time. Yeah, I have to concur. I spent quite a lot of time doing very little. I actually sat in front of the TV at Well and, uh, and did that kind of stuff. It's always nice to have a lull before the storm because, as we know, Nam is coming just around the corner, so it's going to be a whole world of... Uh, of hardcore physical activity, so I'm, I'm I'm sort of I'm trying to get myself in a zen-like state beforehand. Anyway, Rich, very much welcome, and thank you very much for joining us as well. And uh, Mr. Mark Tinley, 2016, the new model of Mark Tinley, who's uh, gone back to his roots. There, well, not your roots actually; they're blue. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, they've gone. Yeah, yeah hello. How uh,
0: are happy you? New
2: Year. Among those things, yeah.
0: your hair color sort of matches your uh, your your acoustic uh, padding slightly you've gone for blue i'm sure you said you were going to go pink but uh, blue is cool too
2: i was but i was in the um you know the the it's a really girly styly shop actually in street which is near us and i was in there with my son and he said dad dad dye oh, your hair blue that would be so cool and i said it never works so i but i went for it anyway and and it's <laughs> I have to, I have to say that the a Schwartz cop have brought out this fabulous new dye, which is just as rubbish as the stuff I used to use twenty years ago. <laughs>
0: now you have to tell me because I used to, uh, we used to have a guy called Sean uh, who uh, used to do a lot of stuff for us, and he had a very distinct red uh, Mohican. Um, he's now living in Berlin, and I remember when we went to Frankfurt Messer, uh, and we stayed in uh, a hotel together. We had to share a room back then. The um, the pillow went absolutely bright red, and he ended up bringing a towel with him because he was a bit worried about. So are you finding the same deal there, Mark? Is is your hair coming yeah, off? We have got multi-coloured
2: pillows at the moment. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess that's an issue. That's not something I necessarily have to worry about too much. <laughs> but
2: good well, on you. Can, you could always do great. what Adam used to do. My brother used to stick these huge pieces of fabric, fur, and mirrors all over his head. You could go for that look. <laughs>
0: they've oh, got a, I've got a towel. There we go. Not Excellent. a towel, that's a new scarf. There you
2: go. It's very Shakespearean, in fact.
0: It, it is, isn't it? It's like uh, it, it, a Byron. Byron. Byron.
2: Yeah, exactly. Now you can, uh, a bit of poetry, here we go,
0: yeah. Yeah, I'm not so hot on the poetry. Anyway, great to have you all aboard. Um, Obviously, this year, uh, now we're in 2016, as I say, NAMM is coming up. So there tends to be a bit of a lull. I mean, it's interesting. It goes different ways. Sometimes people release a load of information before the shows to avoid the rush. Seems like this year what they're doing is keeping it under wraps. Uh, Although we do know, I mean, there are inklings. You know, we've seen rumours of uh, some stuff from Roland, so, uh, there was somebody in the chat room uh, a few weeks back, I forget his name now, who was shouting very loudly about a new MV kind of sample workstation. I don't know anything about it, but if that's the case, that should be create a bit of a fuss. And I think there's going to be stuff from the big guys, you know, I mean, I think because they've been sitting back and watching a lot of uh, the kind of boutique and the analogue stuff and the smaller manufacturers kind of play, and I'm imagining it takes them a bit longer to get going, so maybe this year we'll see some more interesting stuff. Um, but We'll come back to that, and uh, I think I've got uh, something to play. Now Let me just get my notes up. Yeah, I think we do. That's not it. That is definitely not it. Gosh, damn it. Uh, I'll have to be this then instead. Excuse excuse me, I thought I'd done all that. Here we are. This is the Mojis. Which is like a kind of you know, pizza pattern. allows pack. you to transform anything around you into a musical instrument by combining a vibration
2: sensor with intelligent music software. The vibrations you create are analysed and converted into the sounds you want instantaneously. Okay, so that's cool, but how do you actually play music with an object? Moji's listens to the different types of hits you make and can tell them apart. The more distinct the hits are from one another, the better the software will work. You'll have to use your imagination to find hits that are different enough to be recognized as unique. You can assign each hit to a different sound within the software. There's Muon, the physical modeling resynthesizer.
0: Interpol 8 a classic I'll play it all that later. Oh no! Hold on, that's not what I'm playing. Sorry, I, was, I thought it was playing. I thought that looked pretty cool. I think it's just happened on Kickstarter, um, and I think what they, oh, well, not just happened on Kickstarter. They ran a Kickstarter uh, campaign, and now it's actually happening. It reminds me a little bit of. Um, uh, I think there was an app for Impactor for uh, for the uh, for iOS devices. I Don't know, but I don't know we're all terrible at tapping tables. You know, especially drummers. I mean, I know that I do. People. People kind of like fiddle about and tap their knees, all that sort of thing. This looks like actually could be pretty cool, I must say. And you can translate this stuff to specific MIDI uh, inputs and outputs. No, this is something that appeals to you, Rich, or maybe one of your young sons who's a percussionist, I believe.
1: (laughs) Well, they're both grown men, but it appeals probably to all of us because I think people like to bang on stuff and make music. Um, So to that extent, I really kind of like it. Um, There is a long legacy that precedes this of these devices, but I think this thing looks like a lot of fun, pretty cool, and easily adaptable to the existing hardware that people have, and uh, could if it, if it causes people to play music together and have fun, I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good... And I that, think that, this,
1: thing, this thing sort of does encourage a jam, in a way, once you get it set up.
0: Yeah, I mean, it looks like the differentiation between the different frequency things is a lot more sort of tightly controlled, so you can actually really you know, create a space around you quite quickly by just learning. I mean, it looks like you learn the frequency response and then you assign a sound to it and then you go that way. And that
1: I think that's the key probably. But trigger detection is always a touchy matter of thresholds and overages. Like you really have to have triggers that are in a certain range or you have to, within the acceptable input range, make it interesting in some way so it's not... You know, it sounded great in the demo, and uh, you know, obviously they've got a cool little synthesis engine that has almost nothing to do with the thing you're striking, unless they want it to.
0: Yeah, I wonder if it's uh, if it would be possible to actually place it on some kind of kit type thing, so you could effectively have uh, triggers that were distinctly different. So, I mean, if you have a symbol like hi hat or a snare like thing or a bass drum, you could actually create something going on there that would that be simpler than having more sure. triggers or whether it would be a like lot well, crosstalk i
1: suppose the juggling ensemble the flying karamazov brothers for decades have worn triggers that they were actuating with the clubs while they were juggling them and making music together in real time okay. and it's stunning wow. it's stunning to see
0: I, I sorry can you give me that name again i was just thinking i really got the flying
1: help. karamazov brothers flying it was a juggling troupe from uh, the West Coast, I believe San Francisco. They were magnificent. They had great stage shows. And one of the things they used to do was trigger meeting.
0: Oh, hold on. There we go. I see. Okay. Probably um, not in 1983.
1: And uh, create music with the clubs that they were, ju- or knives or whatever that they were juggling. Oh, it was really quite amazing. That's pretty know.
0: interesting. Mark, I'm fascinated by your profile now. When you turn to the side, you get the full kind of uh, cockatoo type uh, type look there. Are you finding <laughs> that you have to duck when you go through doors now because it's going gonna...
2: it, uh, Yeah, I did. It's crashed on the door frame on the way in and out.
0: Have you really got some really hardcore <laughs> hair gel in there?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> this looks pretty cool, hair actually. hair gel's
2: good, actually. Moojies. Um, oh, uh, what's that little silver thing? I mean, it looks That's quite the... well made, but I'm that... looking at the price and going... Well, the little, sil-
0: the little silver thing is uh, is the pickup, I guess. And then there looks like there's this other box here, which allows you to... I can, well, I don't know if I can make that any bigger. No, it doesn't look like that works that way.
2: That just looks like an... You know the iRig thing that you can uh, use to plug an electric guitar into your iPhone? Right. That looks like one of them. So that looks like I can plug uh, my I'm headphones sure. and microphone into it and then plug it into that three-way... Uh, socket on the iPhone, and I've noticed right. uh, that the Emoji's app is in the App Store and that it's free, so ah. I'm going to put it on my phone, and, and I'm going to try holds... plugging in something else and see if I can trigger it from something else.
0: Oh, I see. And yeah. there's
2: something else I'm going to trigger it with is this Piso pickup thing, which I bought off eBay for 99p. Is That so that, that looks, looks, looks like one of those with...
0: uh, those Korg right. um, little um, hand drum things. Yeah, I see. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got you. It came with, I forget it's what it's like called. A
2: clip the clip Wave... with a I thing in it. It's horrible no. quality, but. <laughs> right, right.
0: But it might work. But
2: it's a contact mic. So I wonder if it will work with other microphones or if you absolutely have to have their uh, input thing. Um, it, yeah. it might be worth downloading it just to try it out. I'm just trying
0: to see. There doesn't seem to be attached. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be any information on the. On the nuts and bolts of it, there. I'm just trying to see what. Uh, if I hit buy now, well, will, look, that show me, will that show me? Uh, something I mean, it looks like page. you can
2: plug your headphones and the microphone thing into the microphone socket. So, the vibration sensor, it depends what that is, doesn't it? If it's a microphonic device. Yeah. Um,
0: the sensor detects vibrations, to we create touching, blah, 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 the most unique feature. The, it can learn different gestures. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Ah!
2: Ah, I've been I've been foiled. Uh, I downloaded the app from the App Store, and it says get started. And I went to uh, plug my microphone in, and it says register your device. Registration. Uh can't find your number uh, so somewhere in that box you get a registration code so okay so i'm not going to play that game then
0: oh uh, that's a shame well you does say the muji software is also available as a vst au plugin for mac and will soon be for windows yeah. so you'll be able to kind of run stuff there so that looks
1: kind
2: of well, interesting yeah i'm just curious i mean i i it's not something i spend 95 pounds on without trying it so i need to go somewhere to try it i guess um but hitting things is always good, and I'm getting into hitting things. <laughs> um, have I jammed?
0: No, you're still there. I can see you fine. Oh, okay. Was i, I I'm not responding. I'm sorry. I'm I just, very quiet. I've just had an email from somebody saying that there's going to be a bit something, something at, uh, at... I bought at, this um, thing. No, I was something.
2: on Glastonbury High Street, and I met this man who has a company called Dub Docs and he he's a carpenter and he makes those cajon things or cajon i don't really know how to pronounce cajon.
0: it oh yeah the, cajon. the boxes okay. yeah which but sounds very ca- much ca- like ca- testicles <laughs> in spanish doesn't it i, mean, I don't know <laughs> if they're the same thing it's, i don't know rich you, I mean, you might makes... being closer to, uh, to to mexico you might to have spain. Uh, to spain <laughs> it just Does cajon is ca- no cajones isn't it is uh, is Is that not cajon? A cajon is the box that when you tap it, it it rattles and pings, and it's the percussion. Yeah, exactly. It's got a. I have no authority Spanish (laughs) language. Okay, as you were, Mark. So, this
2: the Glastonbury chat makes these cajons, and we'll call it that for the moment, uh, with a hole in the side to put a mini rig speaker in. Um, so of course I had to. I said to Gina, I want a mini rig for Christmas, so I can put that in the side of my Cajon, and then I've been using this piece of software on the iPhone called Brazilian Drum Machine, which is actually really good fun. Uh, and you can flip through a whole load of Brazilian rhythms, stick the thing in the side of the Cajon, turn it up full, and then sit on it and kind of get into this whole kind of you know Brazilian festival vibe. And um, and I and I'm trying. To learn to play in time which i've never ever been able to do
0: so ah is that is that is that something that you know we all
2: like to tap things
0: are you are you because uh, interestingly i i went to a party over christmas i didn't spend my whole time partying but i've got a friend who uh in the wee hours we were listening to music and kind of having a bit of a dance and she said uh i'm sorry i can't I'm, i'm terrible at dancing i've got no rhythm and we said, no, no, I don't believe that. Okay, you know, can you clap on the beat? And she said, no, I can't. And we, literally, we were astonished. She, I guess it's in a similar way that you might be colorblind or whatever. It's, She's got um, absolutely no concept of beat. I mean, to the point where she just doesn't really understand. And it's, I've never seen that before.
2: With me, it's, it's, it's dyspraxia. So it's, I'm, I'm slightly on the autistic spectrum. And one of the things about being autistic is some people with autism are dyspraxic. And that's to do with your sense of, uh, where your body is, so uh, she's probably got something similar to that. I mean, somebody tested me and they pointed, put biro marks all over my arms and said, "Right, uh, point to where you think that is." And she like put the biro on my hand and then I put my finger where I thought she'd touched my, my arm and I was bloody miles off. It's oh, really we'll weird. See, so, it's so my sense of where I am in the world is completely different to where I really am. I'm off by about three or four inches. So yeah. I guess. Or you know, oh, seventy-five millimeters. You're breaking up a little or... bit.
0: I have a question for you, Rich. While uh, while Mark uh, recombines his bits, um, uh, do you know anybody who has who literally cannot you know cannot hold a rhythm at all? I mean, who's got no concept? I mean, because you get people who are who are uh, tone deaf, don't you? I mean, and that is a recognised thing. It's just a, an inability to recognise that. But rhythmic and being in, unable to recognise rhythm is uh, something I've not come across before.
1: I don't know of anybody, but I'll bet I do. And <laughs> and I have a theory about why. Um, to do People just ju- at some point early in their lives make decisions about certain things that either come easily to them right away or don't. And in some cases, people write things off very quickly at that point and don't revisit them. And I really have always believed that um, a percussion education for young people would be incredibly valuable to them. Because performing any kind of music with other people requires a level of feedback between you as the performer and you as the listener simultaneously that almost nothing else in your life requires to the same extent. With language and conversation, it's like a one leveled thing. You can hear the words, understand them, and it's not that complicated and I'm not singing to you. But... Um, when you get into this more complicated uh, feedback that re- is required to play music in real time in rhythm with other people, it stimulates something that is very, very valuable, I think, inside of us. And it's one of the reasons why music education is so widely heralded as being a good harbinger for people, even if they don't continue to play music.
0: Ah, Yeah, maybe so. So uh, yeah. you think it kind of exercises those synaptic uh, connections, which yes. kind of make you and more articulate? So if,
1: and being adults, and we're not very good at being bad at stuff because we've practiced certain things that we're good at and we tend to do those things. So when yeah. you get – if you are resisted to it early on, you can become somewhat rhythmically, I don't know, illiterate or unable to access that sort of level of feedback that would allow you to do that. Arrhythmic. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Interesting. That is an interesting theory. Um, are- I i forgotten. I was going to ask a bit. As you can tell, there are not a lot of news items around this week. But I intend to uh, to in, to milk the panel for all their worth from perhaps their other interesting things. And one of the things that I did wonder about, obviously with the new year coming in, there are tends one tends to make uh, promises to oneself or, or resolutions or or not as the case may be. I just wondered if you had any kind of any musical directions or concepts you would like to follow through in two thousand and sixteen. I'll go to you first, Mark, because. Uh, because I just feel a man with your hair should probably have a. Because my mouth's least... full of
2: cake. <laughs> yeah, that for that very reason. Uh, Christmas cake, yeah. I'm not going to make a record with Christmas cake. Do you know what I'd really like to do? You know, I mean, I, some people know that I've been um, um, archiving a whole load of Duran Duran videos, and I've got 16 boxes of videos in my house. And I, halfway through box number 12, I unearthed all of Nick's. Eight inch Fairlight series two floppy discs, like oh, about man. i don't know a couple of boxes or so of them um and and they're all kind of samples from that period and from and um, the Arcadia album, but I notice on those floppy discs that the the majority of sounds on those discs are original Fairlight series two sample library. When I was walking the dog the other night, I was thinking to myself, wouldn't it be cool to just complete... Like, imagine I was in a time machine and I could go back to being 18 or 19 years old and somebody gave me a Fairlight. If I could approach Fairlight Series 2 sounds with the excitement and enthusiasm that I would have had when I was 18 or 19... And then write an album, but only with those sounds, nothing else, not use no guitars, even just only those samples. Um, I think that would be an interesting uh, exercise, both in uh, in i mean i 'm a miserable old git so so it would be an interesting exercise in uh, generating enthusiasm for something, but also it would be an interesting exercise in remembering how far we 've come in like 30 odd years, and how much we have available to us now. And but but even then, how cool the Fairlight sample library was in, in the ni- early 1980s. So, uh, so that's my New Year's resolution over the course of the next year to write, I guess, at least eight to ten songs and only use those sounds and just stick to just are you, that. Are you
0: thinking just raw samples, no kind of filtering, no um, no uh, synthesis well, I on might top of filter that or... them.
2: No, I might filter them a little bit, or. Uh, but I think the rawer the better, actually. I mean, actually, I, realistically, I should use a, a lexicon... 480 plug in for the reverb, or the two is it 244 or 480? And I should probably use an AMS reverb for the reverb just to get that kind of authentic kind of time period sound. But, um, I only use as much filtering as I would have had in a Fairlight I'm not going to learn page R.
0: <laughs> no, I think that would be uh, that would be quite a commitment in terms I'm of to use New Year's resolution, would yeah, take you a year,
2: be. I'd imagine. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I know it's a sequence with it, but being able to put all the patterns in order to make songs, forget that, its too slow. I, yeah, and somebody in the chat room saying it would have been the art of noise. Yes, exactly, it would have been the art of noise. But you know what? I, I bet those there's a million other directions those sounds could be used in, and I bet there's a lot of... Uh, uh, the constraints of it would be interesting but the the exploration of those sounds and trying to create different things with them would also be interesting as well so
0: yeah i would um, imagine so
2: and maybe you know yeah. if anyone wants to collaborate with me on that i'd be interested in that as well it would be fun to do it with someone else and to say these are the constraints let's just see what we can make of it
0: excellent so that's that. a great idea that's my,
2: that's my resolution
0: so I guess, uh, as, as is the way that these things swing around the panel and you're the only other guy here, Rich, what, have you kind of got any musical type of it's stuff fun. that, you, that you've,
1: you've got going on there? I don't have anything even close to the magnitude of the uh, ideas that Mark's got. Um, I'm looking forward to playing music with other people, for other people, as much as possible and uh hoping and continuing to get to uh entertain people and make a living and keep my health up i mean you know it's like that for me it's i don't have anything specific i'm not trying to finish an album by 2017 i'm not you know of my own i mean you know i there's not i don't have some like as, nearly as much ambition probably as most people but uh well you're kind I'm of quite there hap- aren't you? You, i'm you, quite you, happy with where it is and, yeah absolutely uh, and uh, as long as I can uh, continue to do that, I, I have no complaints.
0: That sounds like a good one. I mean, I can't imagine there's an awful lot of room left in, in your life at the moment for, to take on anything much larger than what you're already doing. So, I mean, that's bound to. I mean, it's, I find the same thing myself. I mean, there's, particularly this time of year when you've just got the kind of... And now what's happening uh, in, in, in sort of our segment of, you know, publishing or whatever, there's so many things going on and there's also so many more shows happening. You know, there's the... Uh, uh studio Stecker, there's the uh Utrecht Dance Festival there's the um the Superbooth that's going to be in Berlin which is the Schneider's Bureau event which is shaping up to be really big and that's the week before Mesa. then there's Mesa. you know that this the whole first quarter of the year is kind of pretty much taken up with from now on you no know, because there's so much stuff but I, I for me I I would like to try and make more music and create enough space to be able to do that because what I found, I mean, and I, I was sort of analysing this over the last year because I reviewed a, a bunch of synthesizers last year, and I came up with a few, you know, I, I actually produced some music, albeit sort of fairly real-time, not really produced, but just performed it, I suppose. And I discovered that, you know, that really that's the only time I get it. When I am with it, have time to review a synth properly, I tend to kind of get into a musical space with it so that I can explore it, and then at the end of that I might have one or two things that I want to say with it that, that might be relevant. And... And I think I'd just like to try and do a bit more of that. It, it becomes increasingly more difficult. I mean, I, I always thought that uh, when you were in your 20s and 30s, you know, life was you know, all manic and full of stuff. But actually, it feels like <laughs> the older I get, the less time I have. And I don't mean that in terms of until the end of my life. I mean, at this moment in time, you know, it just feels like time is something that's very precious. So it'd be nice to create some time to be able to make some music because I do enjoy it um and i enjoy it in a different way than i used to because i don't know you guys work in or certainly rich you you're still working in the kind of um the studio environment where there is a project and there's there's a a process and a procedure where uh, whereas i don't do that anymore so it's more a question of i follow my creative nose and i can do what i like which is is a freedom but also it's like the, the blank piece of paper that you end up with that's that's kind of quite a lot harder to deal with and i suppose for me um making music was always part of a job rather than as something that I would do in my free time to, uh, to, to release endorphins or enjoy myself, I suppose. If that's not too uh,
1: too deep. Well, no, but it does become that. And uh, they say that when, you're, uh, when you end up doing what you love as your vocation, that you need new hobbies. Mm. Because chances are when you get home, you're not doing that as your hobby. That's true. That's a good point. Anyway... Uh, at this point, it's probably
0: time to say, uh, um, well, actually, we've got a competition a winner to announce and also a new competition for Ozone, but we'll just have a little bit of uh, uh, a message from our sponsors who are Isotope and the amazing Ozone 7 plugin.
3: Produce rich, full, professional-sounding tracks with the critically acclaimed mastering tools in Ozone and Ozone Advanced. Now, the latest isotope innovations in Ozone 7 bring modern and vintage processing to the forefront of the music production experience. Updated for Ozone 7, Ozone's highly regarded Maximizer features a brand new frequency specific IRC4 algorithm that delivers transparent mixes with less pumping and distortion. Use it to smooth out an unwieldy mix, or tame the kick drum peaks without affecting the vocals. The dynamic EQ, now in both the advanced and standard versions of Ozone, lives and breathes with your audio, giving you more effective control over your sound without coloring your entire mix. Harness the precision of an equalizer and the musical ballistics of a compressor in one integrated processor.
0: There we are that's uh, ozone uh, seven from isotope, which really is a kind of fantastic mastering either on the two bus or uh, the final uh, processing for audio or you know creatively during the actual pr- uh, recording and um, music creation process. Thoroughly worth checking out. If you go to uh, isotope.com forward slash ozone, you'll be able to download a working copy and check it out for yourself. And of course, we've got a competition, as is our want. Uh, First of all, we've got the winner from last time. I forget. It feels like. From last year. It feels like such a long time ago now. And the winner is uh, at Belladonna Took. At Belladonna Took. You have won a copy of Ozone 7. You actually tweeted. Ozone 7 and uh, f- for Christmas. And Happy New Year, dudes, which is very kind of you. So, Happy New Year to you. And I hope uh, if you get in touch bell- at Bellatonatook on Twitter, uh, then we will be able to direct the isotope-, the isotope Fairy, who will be able to give you a copy of Ozone. And I hope you enjoy it. And also, we got another competition for this week. So, please do enter. Uh, if you want to tweet the hashtag SuperMixes, that's one word, and the hashtag Ozone7. To at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's the hashtag supermixes, hashtag ozone seven, the number seven, at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. Then you will be entered into the competition and we'll pick a winner next week. Next week will be the last show before NAM. In fact, we'll have to take two weeks off because uh, obviously that week will be NAM, the week after next rather, and then the week after that I'll be uh flying. Or oh, I won't be. F- I will have land at one o'clock, but there's no way I'm doing a podcast as soon as I get home because I'll be pretty much fried. Um, but that, in the meantime, we do have a Sonic Talk special, which I hope to get out. Which is, uh, I was talking to Eric Persing yesterday. Uh, very kindly joined us from his uh, one of his synth caves at um, Spectrasonics HQ. We had a good chat about you know the the whole of Eric's kind of doings right from uh, way back when he started and all his such words. It's a really interesting chat, so uh, I'll get that sorted out beforehand and uh, maybe I'll play that. I-, I might put that at the end of now because then that'll be a-, a little bit of treat there and it could be ready to go. Anyway, thank you very much to, Erso- to Isotype for sponsoring the show. And uh, what have we got next? Let's see here. Um, oh, yeah, the Magic Ball. This was an interesting idea. Um, this is uh, Gaz actually posted this one, and this is... Uh, it's it's a kind of multi-directional microphone, as far as I can tell. It, it, there is actually not that much information about it, so we can't speculate too much about what it's capable of. But the idea is that it, it allows you to stick it in the centre of a, a, a collection of people, various different instruments. And then um, what you can also then do, there's an image here which sh- sort of shows an ensemble playing. And then you can actually separate tracks from the individual players. There are some examples. I have to say they're not, amazingly uh let me see i think i just closed the uh, uh immersion uh immersive possibly it was immersive oh i'll have to look it up now sorry i, I closed the tab audio audio immersion, Im- audio, audio immersion. Audio immersion. Uh, po- a polish com- thank yeah. you very much mark audio immersion.pl it's uh Zillia, and the demo is, uh, here we go, There's uh, I'll, I'll play this and see, it's, it's not terribly, so this is a collection of people, there we got drums, and a guitar, and then I think there's just the guitar, which has been processed, it's some kind of cloud based thing, I mean I guess this is early days, I can hear some cymbals in there, and then It looks like that. I mean, certainly no worse a spill than you'd expect if you were playing in the same room. In fact, a, a whole lot better. I don't know how, uh, whether this has a, a, a limited use or not. I'm not quite sure how they do it or how it records or anything, but it, um, Gaz seemed to be quite interested in it, but sadly, he couldn't make it on the show. So I'm going to go to you, Rich.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: It's an interesting idea, I mean, because there are... Um, I mean, the first people to do this stuff, what were the, the, the mics that were used, the, the multi-axis mics that was, the, I'm trying to remember, the sound field, sound? Well, there's, you know, all different,
1: there's, and there's a whole litany oh, of I, different I, I, microphone I, configurations that involve numbers of mics above and in front of an orchestra, so there's like, there's, there's all these different techniques and they've all got names and one, um, one of them was developed in France, one of them, uh, they're in Germany, there's just different ways of doing it. But what these guys are trying to do is say, you can hang this thing, you can put this thing on a mic stand in the middle of a room, everybody jams, and at the back end of that you come out with a coherent multi-track recording. Yeah. And they claim that they do this by uploading the data to some sort of cloud-based server where it then gets processed and comes back. So it begs a number of questions, first of all, about the immediacy of that process. Second of all, about the accuracy of that process, and how could that possibly work? And uh, I'm uh, waiting jury, to be the shown. The jury's
0: out, yeah, there, there are. I mean, it's interesting, though, that, I mean, perhaps we could broaden this out. I don't know, Mark, this could be an interesting concept. I mean, um, if you imagine that you could, assuming you could use this mic to record maybe the output into some kind of encoded portable recorder and then when you get home you can deal with it that would make sense rather than having to kind of bring it into uh, some kind of USB device it's not clear actually from the website what's going on there yet no
2: I mean I listened to those I listened to those recordings and I but I clicked on the guitar first for some reason and hadn't realized it was a guitar separated from something else and I was thinking god this sounds horrible and I was thinking they've either encoded this mp3 really badly or that's just a really horribly scratchy sounding microphone and that, that zingy kind of reverb on the back of that guitar sounds awful. And then I went, oh, oh, the drums are missing. And then I'm like, oh, oh, that zingy reverb in the background is like just a little it, bit of cymbal left behind. And then the I'm drums, thinking yeah. like, actually, if you could do that and get that level of separation and then process things separately and then put it all back together again. Uh, oh, hang on. Doesn't that open up like a whole load of possibilities that we're not able to do at the moment uh well, we are by giving everybody a separate microphone, but we're not able to do it this way at the moment. And, mm. and um, I'm always playing around with phase and mucking around with microphones and trying to create different ways of doing things. And I, I like binaural stuff. Um, so uh, this really uh, it sort of excites me. I'm a bit worried about the quality of the microphones. I'm sort of thinking if they're that small,
0: yeah, are ever going to
2: work as well? But then there is all this new surface-mounted microphone technology, and if they're using that, then it could, it might sound absolutely amazing when they've when they've finalised it. Well, I'm guessing the other thing um, is
0: is if it's 360 degrees and you can actually you know mess about with the sound field. I mean, this is is something that's kind of and we've talked about this yeah, before with with 3D audio. To and what have you, sorry.
2: I don't want to have to send it to a, a cloud service, though. It's like no, I, if I buy I a piece of equipment, I buy a piece of equipment, you sell me the plugin to do the processing, and then I'll process it as and when I feel like doing it. If in 10 years' time I still want to use that piece of equipment, and I've, you know, I've got an old Mac G4 underneath my desk for doing various different things, which I can't do on anything else. So I keep my, what is it, this thing, I've got an i7 thing, and I, uh, in ten years' time, I know that I can still come back to that and use it. If they've got a cloud service, and then they, get, in five years' time, they go, "Oh, sorry, we're we're not supporting this anymore, and we've stopped doing it." You go, "Like, well, what do I do with this thing now?" So
0: yeah, I mean, needs, I don't know how much it's going it, to cost.
2: You know, I need to feel safe that I'm supported in it. Yeah. Um, it,
0: it, it's probably a bit too early to say that. I mean, it was more the concept that was, the but it does. The concept, it, I, I, it's
2: brilliant. Yeah, it's a, I just I think the execution's a little bit scary and it's not quite right. Suspect
0: at the moment, but it does re- bring a kind of wider story, a, a, a wider kind of topic, which is, in terms of you know the stereo mic configuration. You know, what is it that you tend to go for if you're doing a stereo pair and like you know because some people do the, the bloom line, uh, some people do the ball and biscuit. You know, there's also I would go to you, Rich. I mean, what's what's your preferred stereo imaging? kind of thing or does it depend on the application
1: depends on the application and it depends on how much trouble I want to go to on any given day but uh I like I like changing it up right I I don't I try not to get too locked into one idea so for example uh in December I was up in Ithaca my friend Alex showed me this really cool way of uh micing overheads that I had never even considered let alone seen before and uh it's all interesting to me. Put it up. Let's listen to it. It's I um, that's the most fun part for me. So you know, uh, am I? Can I put an X Y above a drum kit? Sure. Can I put space pair above a drum kit? Sure. Can I? You know, it's it's all application specific. I walk in the room, listen, look, as my friend taught me, find the music, and put a microphone there.
0: Well, that's a that's a that's a great idea. I mean, I must admit, I I like the. um the line pair and the ball. And we did, we did a Blumline pair. Um, I think we were recording at real world and there was a line pair in the back of the room taking the it was uh jed uh i've forgotten his surname now but he's the peter gabriel's drummer absolutely bloody brilliant drummer and he was just laying down some loops that we discovered you know these we'd like some sounds of this and he would just tinker with his drum kit the whole thing was recorded i think it was 10 mics but the 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 thing that i really like was the was the the, it's the ribbon and the um i forget which what what it is but it's it's that sort of configuration and one's a ribbon and one's a something or other one's a, a dynamic or a condenser i forget which and you just get this such a real kind of sense of what's there and it's very easy to then process and i because my job from those sessions was to turn those multi-track drums and make them sound like the loops that he was playing along to and it was really uh easy (laughs) because the mics all sounded so great and then i could just process them and
1: that's something i found great yep when somebody gives you a good sound your job is to not screw it up. Yeah, or screw it up in the right way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, screw it up in an interesting way.
1: Yeah. Well, you can do that later, but I mean in the capturing. Oh, you know, yeah, absolutely, yeah. The essence of the guy's sound, which you can then, you know, you, you could tell him to do something different or whatever. You could put up something different. But when somebody gives you a really great sound, it's just so much fun as an engineer because all you have to do is not screw it up.
0: yeah. And I think the other thing that's interesting when you consider these kind of great recording spaces, what what few there are left, there are kind of tried and tested methods and positionings for getting sounds that you would recognize as coming from those spaces or that uh, are signatures on records. And and I guess the thing is, is that that perceived knowledge is is well worth uh utilizing because it takes such a long time to sit to mic and position and get a drum kit set up right if you're starting from scratch and there's no starting point you know nobody's there to say well we usually do it like this or i know this room and this is how you do i mean that's the thing that can take an awful lot of time so i mean a stereo pair i suppose is is gives you a good starting point and then you can spot and get the other things i know mark you're very keen on uh on the uh, the binaural stuff i mean yeah but, how about i mean i guess presumably because it's it's compact and it's self-contained but the, the actual stereo miking when you're using maybe a pair of mics do you tend to go for a, a, a specific way of doing things um
2: if i'm really honest i don't care about stereo i don't care if it's in stereo or not um, I will, if i if somebody says you've got two microphones to record this thing, if I think it's better to record two mono things and to fake the stereo later, I'll do that. Right. Um, I'll walk around and I'll listen and I'll decide where I think it sounds the best and I'll put a microphone there. And if I've got enough cable, to put a microphone somewhere else, I'll put a microphone somewhere else and I won't necessarily worry about the distances between them or any of that stuff. And there's so many good ways of faking stereo now that, um, I don't know I just I I don't think stereo necessarily represents uh the sound field
0: that you need as right.
2: well as it could do so I so there's other ways of doing it and you can fake that you can fake the width I mean if some if somebody's over here playing you know someone's over there playing a bassoon and someone's over here playing a triangle and you've got to recreate that for an orchestra uh, maybe I'd do something different and I I you know Um, maybe I'd do that cross-bear thing, actually. I'd start there and then see what else I was going to do after that. But, um, you know, I don't know, mono.
0: (laughs) Mono, yeah. (laughs) Well, I always used to uh, to go for the... I had a a stereo uh, Sony ECM979 microphone, which is one of the first things I bought back in the day when... When we were sort of first getting into sampling, and I thought, yeah, that and oh, yeah. a DAT mic, that and a DAT mic, and I'm good. Uh, I mean, I'm, and, and actually, as it turned out, it was terrible for uh, for recording ambient kind of things because it was the handling noise was awful. So if you're walking around, you need a kind of massive shock mount and stuff. But for a, is that one for, of the little for,
2: tie clip looking ones?
0: No, it's uh, it's quite large. It's kind of it's a, it's a sort of a large thing um, about the size of a C12, and then it's got oh, a, right. a dial on the back which which gives you the kind of the width of it and you've, you've, you would point it down so you, the width would be kind of going out from the, the base, and it was great for really good for a drum overheads actually it just had a certain something particularly if you, you cranked the width to be slightly odd you know slightly over wide it gave it this really kind of unique sound and I, I've not had a chance to use it all that much but
2: now we can do that with plugins can't we we can mess around with the width with all sorts of different plugins and you can you can create the illusion of Stereo, and you can create a really nice listening space, but you start off with a mono recording, and it's, it, it's, um, and unless somebody knows where the instruments were in the first place, and they're absolutely pedantic about wanting to recreate the sound stage of the band exactly as they were on the stage, and even then, that's still an illusion. So, I, I, I just think that wit thing can be faked, personally. Is that bad of me?
0: <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm not sure if it is. I don't know. I mean, no I, cheating here. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. What would you use no, to, but... to, to fake the stereo width then, Rich?
1: Um, Any number of things. Uh, let's go with something I don't have, which is the UAD Oceanway plugin. Oh, that is, is one great. possible. Yeah. One possible way to look at that sort of situation. There's any number of uh, IR driven. Uh, Softwares, uh, Altiverb, uh, Colin McDowell has one revolver that will create spaces kind of like that. There are certain reverbs that are particularly good at short stuff. Um, You know, like sort of the way people used to use an old AMS and I'm sure there are great emulations of that and the Eventide 2016. So there's just a whole lot of different ways. It depends on what kind of a result you're looking for. The thing about what Mark is asserting is true, I think, for me most of the time in that most things want to come from a single point in the space you're creating and therefore can be very easily accommodated with a modern recording. But there are also moments where something very simple, like, say, a Timbali overdub on a Duran Duran album, um, want to, I didn't want it to come from one place. I wanted to record it in stereo because I wanted it to be able to sit, however wide or narrow we use it, I wanted it to be able to sit not definably pointing out of one place. Right If you follow what I'm saying, so like, and people do it with all kinds of percussion instruments, but you can also do it with other things, and I try to be application specific. I try to let the music tell me what I should be doing with it, yeah, and uh, it may sound all mystical, but that's kind of how I operate and uh, so like ninety percent of the time, I agree with Mark my presentation of these things is just fine for most of the things we do with pop music,
0: yeah. Absolutely. Well, I thank you for that. I mean, if you want to check it, I mean the the place is AudioImmersion.pl. As I very uh, inelegantly didn't find. Thank you very much for that, Mark. Uh, AudioImmersion.pl. I'm guessing, you know, they've still got some time to uh, to go on it, but I'm guessing uh, it'll it'll come together maybe this year, and we'll see. So I guess um, the other thing that we've got to uh, think about a little bit is uh, you know what's coming up with Nam. I mean, we'll probably have a little bit more of an idea next Wednesday, but I'm just wondering if. I don't know if we've done this already. It's because uh, it feels like such a long time ago that we talked about, uh, that we did a podcast. <laughs> what what kind of thing? I mean, I, I don't know. Are you, you, you Rich, you, you came over one year? You're not going to be in the vicinity this
1: year by any chance? I, I don't expect to be in Los Angeles during NAM this year. And I'm sort of sorry about that because we had a blast. It was great fun. But I'm no great prognosticator of the, you know, predictor of the future uh, trend. Setter or observer, however, it is my observation about both the music business and the music instrument business, you know, as it's known, uh, including all this recording stuff and computer stuff, that... Everybody seems focused right now on creating products for people to use for live performances because there is no studio business left. Everybody's got the gear for the most part. And so a lot of major, major companies like SSL and AES were showing live consoles. Just yesterday, I saw an ad from Waves for this new software-driven mixing platform to be used live with their DigiGrid interfaces and everything else. Um, we know PreSonus had done it years ago. There's, Digico is becoming a big deal. Um, so I would not be the least bit surprised to see a very sort of modularized live sound focus at uh, NAMM as one of the things that gets presented, of course, amidst the whole sea of guitar booths and amp booths and, you know, a Hammond booth and a Nord booth and, you know, it, yeah you've besides got- all
0: that. You've always got the classics. That's true. Yeah. I, I'll be interested I'll
1: be interested to see what
0: happens in the guitar world because uh, like I say for music messer um we're not really focusing so much on guitars at the moment. It just it, because there's just not all that much out there that seems to be uh innovative and you know changing, you know that we had a whole period where there was some great boutique kind of particularly the amp in a box kind of thing. There was some fantastic stuff there, but it just feels very Static. So I'll be interested to see what because LA has always been very guitar centric in terms of NAM, So there's a big guitar area, but I'll be interested to see what happens because it certainly at Mesa it felt like there was just getting to be right at the point where you just think I don't think I can take another blues lick through a slightly driven amp. You know, I mean, you get the quality <laughs> of play, the quality of players is a lot better at LA. I must say. So I mean, it's 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 not quite so sort of. Uh, um, Uh, depression inducing you know but i'd be interested to see what happens in that world i know mark i mean you probably you you play guitar so you probably got your your finger more on the pulse but is there is there anything exciting happening in that world that you're kind of thinking oh i'm you know let's see what happens here or is it does it feel quite static to you too
2: um i don't know i just think um maybe the profiling thing i'd be interested in more seeing more profiling things different ways of profiling um I mean every so often I see something come out for the guitar and think, oh my god, how on earth are they doing that? Um and and that pro the last what was the last profiling amp that came out that was just totally amazing. That looked Kemper. like a toaster. Was Kemper. it? yeah, Kemper yeah. was awesome. So I mean more things like that. The P V revalver four software is really good actually.
0: Yes, that's supposed um, to be excellent as well
2: but i've got a line 6 guitar also which is must be 10 years old that technology now which is really good uh, it's quite believable when it pretends to be like a gretsch or a or a a stratocaster or a, Stratocast a telecaster or any of those things so I mean, it's quite playable but uh but if if i play my uh, modeled guitar through my modeled amplifier and then uh I listen with headphones on, it feels really weird because I can hear the string um, before I hear the sound yeah. of the guitar in my headphones. So that means there's a big enough delay for me to hear the attack of the notes I'm playing outside of my headphones, if that makes sense.
0: Right. Yeah. So that
2: means, even though it's probably like a 15 millisecond delay between me hit, hitting the string and it coming to my ears. Now, if it was an amp on the other side of the room, we've discussed this before, it would probably be a 15 millisecond delay because it's so bloody loud. You never really notice it. But when you're playing with headphones on and it's noticeable, it puts you off the kind of flow of playing. Um, so I'd like to see all of that stuff just get better and faster. And yeah. I, I want it all in the guitar. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd love that's to have a that. guitar with like a really amazing
0: laptop style
2: lithium ion battery that i could just plug my headphones into my guitar i want the guitar uh, manufacturer to design the headphones and to make sure that there's congruency between the modeling in the guitar and the and the amp modeling in the headphones so that it so i can play the guitar and really feel like i'm standing in a room with a bloody great big marshall stack that would be fun um well, I don't I th- know whether that's coming or not, but you I, know. Uh, yeah,
0: I don't know. I mean, that's the thing that I find interesting. I mean, cause Nam, you know, this is going to be my 16th year, I believe coming up. So, you know, and I, I was talking to Eric Persing and he's been, this is his 31st Nam, you know, I mean, that is, I don't know whether wow. they're all LA wow. ones, but you know, that might include some of Nams as well, but that is a lot. And he still finds it kind of great because LA is where he grew up, Orange County. You know, he says it's great for me because I see all the, lots of old friends and stuff, um, and and you know that that makes a lot of sense. But one of the things that he was talking about was particularly from a software developer point of view is it's that now we're at, at the point where we need more computing power because he was saying you know they can come up with something that sounds absolutely amazing but you can only get like one note out of a, a mac pro because it requires so much cpu and so much um so sort of grunt that by the time you've optimized it down it can't do as much as you'd like it to do so that it, these certainly with software instru- instruments and i'm guessing with emulations and modeling it must be down to just the sheer yeah. amount of power that you've got as well I don't think
2: they're optimizing properly now, though, because they're just taking the computing power for granted. So I was playing with one of the Roland plug-out plug-in things, and I was thinking, I've got a monophonic synth line here, and it's the, my, uh, my CPU meter on Ableton. This was the only track I'd running. was like at 45%. I'm thinking, what's it actually doing to stick the, you know, the, what's it called? That thing in the core, the CPU right. meter. I'm thinking, well, I'm using half my processing power to play one line of a synth, and it doesn't sound that good. Um, and there's uh, there's any number of uh, plugins that maybe came out five or six years ago which emulate um, synthesizers. Not uh, They don't emulate SH-101s or, or whatever this thing was emulating. Um, so maybe something that's emulating, say, an ARP, um, which when I play that, it sounds as good, if not better, and only uses 2% of the CPU. Well, I mean, I
0: think that's the exactly. difference. Though. I mean, I think that, that there is a perceived, I mean, again, we're sort of slightly wandering away from the original topic, but the, the, we're, um, there's a perceived value in having it be as close as it possibly can be, particularly with some of these classical instruments. I mean, Rich, you know, the, people hold these things in such high esteem that, you know, to have a kind of... It's almost, it's almost good enough, you know. It, it, it's got the same architecture, therefore it'll be fine. It's not quite what what we demand as punters. I think we want that feeling that we get, which is very difficult. I mean, feeling I is important.
2: Yeah, it's the feel. Yeah, sorry, you were asking Richard, and I just no go for it, worried. Mark. You're, uh, you're, you're just, it's all about feel. It's not music's not about. I mean, I'm you know I'm an audio guy, but when I play music, I'm not an audio guy. It's all about how it feels. It's like i, I want to f- really get into the grind and groove of that thing when I play the guitar. It's not about oh, that sounds great. It's like, yeah. oh, I feel like a god because it sounds great yeah um, it's so the, the sound well, that's a very great that's a very compl- all end of
0: it. it's exactly it's a very complex set of things 'cause I mean somebody will produce a synth that you know on paper has all the right specifications and it might be a hardware thing, and then you know somebody will produce something that's maybe less specified but somehow. They get some part of it right that's hard to figure out what it is, but it makes you feel more connected with it. Anyway, that's uh, that's by the by. But that's, um, so Nam is coming up. I mean, like I say, I, I think uh, there's going to be new stuff from some of the big guys uh, and we're trying to, I mean, they're keeping very tight-lipped, I must say. And obviously, you know, the, let's make no bones about it. I am under NDA for some of these guys so I couldn't say anything even if I wanted to. So let's just get that out of the way because, um, you know, I don't want to go to prison or, uh, or anything. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so
0: You'll yeah, that would, be, that would be rough, wouldn't it? Yeah, you turn up and you show your visa and they go, ah. Oh, We've been expecting yes. you to come with us, and yes. that's that. Come yeah. along now. Yeah, exactly. But but so is,
2: so, was, so can we, I ask you one thing? Yeah. Uh, are there going to be some really exciting things happening that nobody's expecting?
0: Because um, you don't have
2: to give anything away by answering that.
0: I'm not sure that's the so case. People are going to go,
2: wow, what the? Not that, that I know of.
0: I know of a few things, and no, um, none of them are necessarily... You know, this is a complete game changer to use that coin, that terrible phrase. Uh, not as far sure. as I know. I mean, there are some big releases, so it'll be interesting to see, and and that's going to be kind of what it comes down to, really, in that in that respect. So I can't, yeah, I, I don't know, but the other stuff that I don't know about, that's probably going to be more, of more interest because I don't know. One thing that I, that that I do know, and this is Eric said on record, is they won't be sure show- spectrosonics aren't showing anything specific now at nam but the 2016 is going to be a big year for them and not necessarily in the way that anybody would expect make that of what you what of what what make of that what you will i think was the right way around to say that but yeah so uh as as usual nam uh we're taking we're going to fly out uh tuesday week uh and uh, we'll be there for the week i get a couple of days off at the end and then come back and uh all you know sort it all out and everything but it's going to be good fun i'm looking for, I'm, I'm looking forward to it although at this time of year i always just my head is full of is everything working uh as this going? you know and i've got various different you know technical issues to solve before we actually get to the place which i'm imagining i mean can you imagine rich some of these people are out at ces now <laughs> and we always see the guys from ik multimedia and they are by the time you get to the Nam, they've been at ces for a week <laughs> And it's like, what, three or four days? Have you ever been to CES? I've never been. I'd love to go. I've not. I've not. It's
1: supposed to be mental. Absolutely. Yeah. And the reports I'm seeing about things that are being shown this year are quite interesting. So, uh, what have you,
0: what have you seen specifically? Anything kind of,
1: I saw a, uh, an LG high def, ultra high def screen that you could roll up like, like, roll like wrapping paper. Ah, yes. We posted something on that yesterday. Um, that
0: is, it's an eighteen inch. It's, eight, it's eighteen inch. Uh, it's at the moment, it's actually not ultra high def. It's uh, it's what's it twelve hundred by eight hundred, but they reckon they can go to four K. You can't fold it yet because obviously that would break pixels. Oh. But it <laughs> looks amazing. You see the it it's, it looks a bit like one of those um, transparencies that you would put on a projector. But when you fold it up, the image stays on it. It's kind of crazy. But that that, yeah, that could be kind of interesting for sure.
1: And I expect a lot of interesting 3D printing products uh, and more materials that people can use. And it's. I expect that business to take off on some level, Sh- shooting for some sort of commonality in the consumer market where just like you own, you know, chances are a, a TV in your home, you would have one of these. Or just like you would have bought a printer with your computer before. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, I think. Be they're, right. They're right now they're still up in the $3,500 world and, you know for anything you know well god like, you know pr-
0: pr- you, you think about how much printer ink costs imagine how much 3d printer ink is gonna cost that's like a whole world of money money making machine every maybe, time, you, maybe you could use a 3d printer to print your own 3d printer ink that
1: would be pretty cool awesome or, or your own 3d printer is then yeah, yeah yeah super meta, super meta yeah. yeah
2: i noticed that every time i watch anything on catch-up tv now that all of the adverts in between the the, the main program that I'm watching all seem to be about smart technology in the home. And there's this one woman who keeps coming on and she's forgotten to turn off the iron or something. and She does something on her phone and she goes, Oh, it's okay. It's off now. Um, but that that seems to be a, there seems to be a big push on this whole like automating yeah. your entire home and being able to control right. everything from some, you know, X, what was it called before? X something, wasn't it? I can't I remember. remember.
1: Uh, I remember what you're talking about, though. I know exactly so the system be, you're talking
2: about. It be interesting to see if they can marry those two technologies, wouldn't it? I mean, imagine being able to annoy your neighbors while you're out. <laughs> so, you I'm know, sure that's possible. All you've got to do is create,
0: create an just, extremely difficult-to-navigate front path, put a load of junk in the front garden, you know. It's pretty straight so straightforward. Just be. no. no I, I mean, like,
2: you know, no, you're out, you're out.
0: Yeah, I know what you I've gone
2: to my, to to my um, uh, I don't know my best friends in in Leeds for uh, for a christening for their baby, and then I just like uh, on my iPhone, I just like put on stereo, really loud nine oh nine kick drum.
0: <laughs> yeah. Put it on a, a timer. A bat, bat, uh, th- I tell you what, there is one thing that I'm hearing rumors of as well, and this I don't know anything about this. I've actually uh, I've sent out a few emails to see, but there, there is talk of uh, Mark Rossum, who was one of the original designers of the EMU modular system. Is working on something uh, which is going to be in, again in the kind of in the modular uh, arena, and that could be very interesting because those uh, those early Emi modulars were very very were a very rare, very desirable, which I guess means that most people don't even know whether they sounded any good or not. But they, by all accounts, they did. I know, Rich, did you ever get a chance to to touch an Emi modular or kind of hear what it was
1: like in the flesh? Nope. Ah, never okay. touched an emu. Never touched an EMU, <laughs> emu modular. I never touched an emu officer. However, however, yeah, right. I never laid a hand on her, <laughs> Your Honor. Um, however, I do have an album show? of Patrick Gleason, who used to be a synthesis for Herbie Hancock, and was actually, I think, a professor in San Francisco, who did a, a rendering of Holst's The Planets entirely on an emu modular, and it sounded fantastic. It was a really great recording, I, and it was far less flashy to say than Tomita's uh, interpretation. That seems to be a benchmark,
0: doesn't it? Because uh, we, we I, I did a um, a piece with. Uh, there was a guy. It must have been six or seven years ago, at least. It was certainly b- before we moved into this place. Forget the guy's name. We did a. He he was doing kind of MIDI renditions of Holst's The Planets and sort of synthesis versions of it. And some of them are great. And it seems to be a kind of a thing that one aims for if you're into doing that kind of thing. Very difficult, I'd imagine but it looks like kind of fun. Oh,
1: yeah, it's got to be really hard, especially if you're going to try to get the whole thing out in one synthesis instrument. Yeah. <laughs> An analog synthesizer. You know, it's really ambitious, and, uh, and he did a great job.
2: Excellent. I just Googled that, and he did that in 1976.
1: Wow. Okay, yeah. This. Yeah, Tomiton, that sounds about
2: right. That's oh, Tomita. Oh, Oh, no, Patrick Gleason, sorry. Yeah, Gleason, Gleason.
1: did around then. Holst.
0: Yeah, I can't. I, I'm not. Gonna you honest. know,
1: and and um in Holst trivia world, I have a recording of Holst conducting the Planets in 1927. Wow! And uh, it's really interesting to listen to because uh, he doesn't take it the same way as we do now in many areas. It's. I I'm just
0: 100%. imagining it. Sa- it sounds like kind of. Um, like when you see old movies and everything's sort of sped up. <laughs> is it all faster?
1: But but it, it is, but I've checked the pitch and the pitch is correct. So for example, the first movement, which typically starts these days, bubba like this sort of ponderous yeah. pounding thing. He's at like he's like He's like zipping, and it's in pitch, so it's not been sped up, and it was recorded probably through a horn directed disc based on the way it sounds. That's interesting. Uh, It it actually sounds remarkably good. Do you think that's because this is actually episode
0: 432, so 432 hertz, that kind of whole thing between the A's? Maybe there's a tempo reference as well that we need to, that that has changed, and we don't realize it.
2: Mark? What if the tempo reference is. We've got to fit this into forty-five minutes yeah. to fit it on this disc. I think that's so we need to lengthy. play it faster to get the whole thing
0: on there. <laughs> you can imagine that being so they, the case, can't you? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So they've had to speed it up. Well, slightly there were like five-minute so so movements. Re- oh, if oh, is it okay? Okay. Yeah,
1: maybe, uh, the planets in general are movements that last between three and five minutes long, and there's like eight of them or something. So uh, you would well, have had that,
2: minutes, those days. You would have cut each on one the to side a separate. Of a Seventy-eight though.
0: Yeah, well, they would have been a separate. Yeah, I suppose. OK, that's an interesting concept and, and thought. But yeah, I, I'm sure that must have been the case at some point. You know, I mean, Tim Pan Alley must have been making songs that could definitely fit on wax cylinders or whatever the recording medium was. I mean, in the same way that, you know, albums in the, uh, you know, Going over the one-platter mark was always the record company would be going, no, 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 it has to be under. We're not doing a double album, you know, that's not happening, kind of thing. And I guess with the CD, it's the same thing—seventy-four minutes or whatever. They can, actually they can get more of that on there, can't they? But, uh, but yeah, I'm sure formats would have made a made an some sort of impact. Who um. knows? That's interesting. Great. Well, anyway, that sounds like a good time to stop. Uh, thank you very much for hanging out today. Um, hopefully, next week uh, we'll have another show as well. Uh, we might have some more Nam uh, information, and I certainly do hope so. But that's it for this week. Thank you very much indeed. I want to say thank you, Mark. Uh, your your hair has remained erect throughout. It's got a, whatever you're using is do, is doing a fantastic job of keeping you up,
2: as yeah. it were well i'll find out what it is and we'll get them to sponsor the show how about that
0: yeah brilliant i'm i'm sure like any of those kind of guys are going to have buckets of money i'd imagine so yeah yeah absolutely you can and keep i'll tell you what you keep all of it we'll get 10% that that'd be fine <laughs> if you could work out that deal but thank you very much mark pleasure having okay, you
2: okay you're very welcome and happy new year to everyone in the chat room and um some other stuff that people yeah, should say at the end absolutely. of things to say farewell.
0: Thank you, Mark, and also Rich Hilton over there. I'm glad to hear your voice is uh, recovering. Hope you're in fine fettle shortly. when you have to, you, I will you be. haven't got any singing gigs coming up soon, have you? You're going to keep uh,
1: no. No, I've uh, cancelled all of my opera dates for the next month or two. Yes,
0: yeah, so it's probably very wise. You don't want to damage your vocal cords. No, uh, absolutely not. But, Rich, thank you very much as well. I hope you uh, now – are you back at work now, or are you kind of uh, – I guess you don't – yeah, you don't do a – Christmas isn't quite as long a break as it is in, this, in uh, the UK. I, I actually
1: think. had a really nice break, and um very thankful for that. Excellent.
0: Well, that's it. Anyway, thank and you thankful very much. to be here. Yes, and thank you to having as well. That's it for this week. Thank you very much, everybody, for watching. That was Sonic Talk number 300 – no, 432. <laughs> Hey, that's the ruler on the end of a table kind of gag. I also want to say thank you very much to our sponsors. Don't forget uh, if you want to join, uh, if you want to win the Isotope Ozone Seven, if you go, oh, you go to uh, join Twitter if you are not already on it. Tweet the hashtag SuperMixes and the hashtag Ozone Seven to at Sonic State and Isotope Inc. That'll enter you in the competition. And also thank you very much to UVI and uh, don't forget to check out Falcon, which is their fantastic new instrument. Anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you very much for watching. See you next time.